Welcome to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I'm your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 38 of the 2021 podcast series and the third installment of the post-draft edition. That's right. The last two podcasts, we really took a look at every single draft pick, gave you my thoughts on really how the draft unfolded. But we also have those undrafted free agents, guys that have a chance to make the roster and make an impact at the next level. We also play by the numbers where I tried to predict the number of players that would be drafted at each position, not only overall in the draft, but by each round, and then took it a step further and tried to identify each player that would be drafted in each of those rounds as well. So we'll see how we did uh, through each of those rounds and each of the positions, and we'll go ahead and cover all of that in this podcast. Now, with the recording of this podcast in, in mid-May, we're, we're well into uh, rookie camps, so obviously making sure that those rookies are, are really showing out, performing well there for, for their NFL teams. And so, you know, obviously we have a lot of undrafted free agents who are going to be looking to try to, to make a roster. You know, we look at a guy like James Robinson from a season ago coming out of Illinois State, a guy who was a, a tremendous runner, physical, uh, you know, but I think there, was, there were questions about his top end speed. So a guy who we knew was going to be physical between the tackles, but what he was able to do he was a productive running back at, at the collegiate level, and really, you know, with Jacksonville, he he turned himself into a bona fide starter for the Jags, and you know, a guy that you know, I think teams now are looking for some of these diamonds in the rough guys that they can pick up uh, after the draft as priority free agents, and, and just you know, a few guys that come to mind when I think of undrafted free agents. You know, obviously, uh, you know, London Fletcher. You know, a, a, a an inside linebacker, undersized inside linebacker, right? Uh, you know, big number 59. You know, he was only 5'10", 242 pounds, coming out of John Carroll, undrafted in 1998. And uh, you wound up having a, a tremendous year, you know, career, 16 seasons with the Rams, the Bills, and the Redskins. Uh, just tremendous presence there on the in- interior of the, of the linebacking core. Then you think of a guy like Wayne Corbett. You know, Wayne Corbett, uh, you know, another undrafted free agent coming out of Hofstra, the 1995 draft. Another guy, you know, 5'10", 188 pounds. There are quite a few guys that went undrafted that are uh, tremendous possession receivers. And, and Corbett obviously was one of those guys that really, um, you know, took on that that slot receiver, those tough guys that, that are, you know, not afraid to go over the middle. You know, Wes Welker uh, in 2004 coming out of Texas Tech, another guy that fit that exact same profile. So, um, you know, even, you know, more recent than that, you, you start thinking about a guy like Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley coming out of SMU, you know, uh, an undersized guy, really, you know, a, a slot receiver, you know, 5'8", 174, went undrafted in 2012, and you see what he's been able to do at the next level with the Cowboys and the Bills. But I think one of the more famous, and a guy that I really think of, you know, immediately when I think of undrafted free agents, how can you not think of John Randall, the D-tackle out of the Minnesota Vikings, you know, a, a guy who, you know, a Hall of Famer, you know, 6'1", 287, coming out of Texas A&M, Kingsville, not the biggest guy, you know, but in uh, 1990, goes undrafted, and he ends up, you know, six, six-time six first-team All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler, um, you know, NFL sacks leader in 1997, NFL All-Decade team for the 1990s, um, 100th anniversary All-Time team. Uh, part of the 100 sack club, you know, 137.5 in his career. Um, 
what a find there for the Minnesota Vikings. So as we go through these undrafted free agents, you know, we're not talking about the guy who's going to be the next John Randall. Um, but, you know, we are looking for guys who, you know, John Randall's a one of a kind. I mean, you know, you, you the, the personality, the presence, the, the war paint, everything about him. But when you look at guys, you know, like Wayne Corbett, you know, you, you ultimately looked at guys like Wes Welker, you know, Cole Beasley. You know, they kind of fit that profile. Who are some of these guys that we look at as we go team by team? Take a look at uh, you know how not only how the teams did as they were gathering up their undrafted free agent, but who might actually make an impact at the next level. So we're going to jump right into things. AFC East. You know, I like what the AFC, you know, what what the Bills did in terms of draft. You know, getting a couple of corners. Uh, I know that they drafted Rashad Wild Goose, but you know, really, they didn't do a whole lot there. And I was really looking for them to identify a corner opposite Tre'Davious White. They signed, uh, picked up Rashad Wild Goose on, on day three. Uh, you know, Levi Wallace and, and Taron Jackson are there, or Johnson are there. But I, I think Elijah Griffin out of USC, Nick McLeod out of Notre Dame, two guys that have a chance. Uh, you know, I, I thought Elijah Griffin you know, was a guy who, as a sophomore, uh, had nine pass breakups. Teams really kind of shied away from him. He's six foot, 175. Not the biggest guy, um, but a guy that was definitely competitive there for the Trojans. He needs to cut down on some of the mistakes. You know, he, he was... You know, when he was beaten, he wasn't beaten off, but when he was beaten, he was kind of exposed at times. Uh, and then Nick McLeod, the bigger corner, he's six foot, 192 pounds, uh, 28 pass breakups in his career, four interceptions. You know, a little stiffer of a of an athlete, so that's the, the I think the biggest concern of why he probably was not drafted. When you look at the safety position, Demar Hamlin really looking to be the uh, you know heir apparent. You know, when you're looking at Jordan Poyer and, and Micah Hyde, um, but you know Tarek Thompson, look, you know, you know what. You had there with Tariq Thompson is a guy who, you know, as a freshman there at San Diego State, what was a baller, you know, four interceptions, um, you know, four pass breakups. When you look at him overall in his career, he had another four interception season in 2019, um, you know, over 200 tackles, 11 going for loss, 23 pass breakups, 11 interceptions, five fo- uh, forced fumbles as well. A guy that has some nice instincts there. So I, I like what they did there in terms of getting that, getting him on the roster. You know, the tight end position really wasn't addressed in the draft. You know, they, they have Dawson Knox, Tommy Sweeney, Jacob Hollister on the roster. They add Quentin Morris, um, you know, an undersized but athletic tight end there out of Bowling Green. A guy who could potentially fill in as an H-back as well. Um, you know, Cyrus Tuatele might get a chance to to uh, make a practice squad there up front, just adding depth to the offensive line. Uh, Trey Walker's a nice receiver out of San Jose State. I just don't know that he's going to be able to make the roster, but at least you know, that'll give him some nice competition there at the receiver position. So I thought overall the Bills did a, a pretty darn good job with with their uh, their undrafted free agents. Then you move on to Miami, and you know Miami was one of my teams that I, I really enjoyed their their draft overall. And uh, you know they, they want to take care of Tua, they want to be able to run the football a little bit. So they bring in Liam Eichenberg, who can play tackle uh, and kick Robert Hunt inside to guard. But then you, you bring in a guy like Robert Jones out of Middle Tennessee, a guy that I thought you know had a chance to be drafted. Uh, he's a big physical guy. You know they're getting physical up front. They got Hunt, they got Kinley. Um, you know, and, and Eichenberg can be physical at times. They got Austin Jackson. You know, Robert Jones is going to provide some of that physicality there on the interior of the line. I think he has a great shot to make the roster. Uh, you look at a guy like like Jerome Johnson out of Indiana. I was expecting Jerome Johnson to be drafted late uh, in uh, late in the draft, probably as a as a sixth or seventh round pick. But you know, definitely an athletic defensive tackle, over 300 pounds, a guy that I thought moved pretty well. So. 
you know, I, I was surprised that he didn't get get picked up. When you look at Jerome Johnson and where he fits into the landscape here, you know, there are a lot of guys at, at uh, you know, at, at the you know, could he end up being a, a five technique? That's going to be the biggest question, I think, for him because you have Jason Strobridge, you have uh, Adam Butler, John Jenkins, Nick Coe, uh, Benito Jones, um, you know. Jerome Johnson, I think because he has enough athleticism, there is a great chance for him to end up making a practice squad or end up going somewhere else. I just hope that he'll be able to get enough time on the field to be able to showcase his skills. Carl Tucker is a guy that, you know, he transferred to Alabama from uh, UNC. Uh, when you look at that, a tight end position, it's pretty stacked. But what Carl Tucker has going for him is he could end up potentially being a, a fullback in that that. Uh, franchise so that's that's a guy to keep an eye on uh as a another potential uh but look you know i, I thought the the robert jones just made a whole lot of sense because of their one you know wanting to get so physical up front i, I really like that pick overall um you know the patriots not really a team that was was looking to to make any moves uh with, with any undrafted free agents and i think a big reason why was they were so active in free agency but when you look at it they bring in a kicker they bring in quinn nordine a guy who struggled with accuracy at michigan you know you've got nick folk and, and roberto aguayo already on the roster um you know curious signing but you know maybe he's brought in more so for for kickoffs than anything else because he's got a, a powerful leg when it comes to the kickoff uh, when you look at the Jets, and the Jets, look, you know, this was a team who I thought really did a tremendous job in the draft. Another team, they had two first-round picks, as Miami did. And uh, when you look at it, not only do you get your quarterback of the future in Zach Wilson, you get Michael Carter, who can challenge Tevin Coleman, Michael P. Ryan for that starting job um, in the backfield. Elijah Vera Tucker. Is, is your starting left guard right out of the gate. Uh, a lot of nice nice moves there. Elijah Moore as a legit receiver there in the slot. Uh, so a lot of really, really nice moves. And, and then what do the Jets do in you know when they're picking up a, an underactive free agent? They go after a guy like Kenny Yaboa. Um, you know, a guy I was actually really high on. I had him coming off the board in, in the fourth to fifth round range. And, and the reason being is I, I think he has some good receiving skills. I mean, he's also a decent pass blocker. I think he gets lost at times as a run blocker. He's a little undersized, 6'4", 240. What you saw in Lane Kiffin's offense, 27 catches, 524 yards, 19.4 yards per reception and six touchdowns. A guy who can stretch the, stretch the ball vertically, that's exactly what Zach Wilson can use. You know, he's got, was thrown to Isaac Rex before that it was, uh, you know, Mark Bush or Matt Bushman. Um, I, I think he definitely could build some rapport there with Kenny Yaboa. Um, you know, what Yaboa is going to have to battle with is, you know, Christopher Herndon has a stranglehold on the starting job, but, you know, Tyler Croft, Ryan Griffin, uh, you know, Trevin Wesco is more of a fullback, H-back type. I think Kenny Yaboa has a great chance to make this roster because of his ability to catch the football out of the backfield. So he's an interesting pick there. Um, you know, they need edge rushers, especially, uh, you know, this is a team that's moving from, a 34 defense to a 4-3. It was interesting that they went after a guy like Hamakar Rashad um, because he is a, a 3-4 outside linebacker uh, there at, at Oregon State. Um, you know, I, I thought with Rashad, what, what he struggled with, you know, and, and he's another guy just like like uh, you know Owe, um, you know Odafa Owe is he struggled in 2020 getting after the quarterback. You have 14 sacks in 2019, 22 and a half tackles for loss. And then when teams really keyed in on him, he struggled. 
only two tackles for loss, no sacks. But when you look at him from a situational pass rush standpoint, you know, they need guys to get after the quarterback. They have Carl Lawson. They didn't really address the pass rush up front. Uh, you know, they didn't draft another defensive end. So what do you, what do you do? You know, Hamza uh, Nazobardine will probably play outside linebacker in this scheme. Um, same with Jamie and Sherwood. You need a guy that can put pressure on the quarterback, though. You know, the roster's really lacking that. And so I think, you know, bringing in a guy like Hamilcar Rashad, who knows how to, how to get after the quarterback, to me, that's what it what this feels like, is he's just going to be a, a guy that's going to pin his ears back and then let him go after the quarterback. Um, so I, I do like that pick from that standpoint. Um, you know, Grant Hermans uh, out of Purdue, a guy that I thought had a chance to get drafted. I look at him, and you've got Mekhi Becton, you've got Chuma Adoga, and you've got George Fant. I think, you know, and then Cameron Clark's on the roster as well. I think George Her- uh, Herman, or I'm sorry, Grant Hermans has a chance to, if not make the roster, at least make the practice squad there for the Jets. So I, I do like him as a player overall. You move on to uh, the, let's see, who else do they have? I think they signed a couple of other guys. If I can get my computer to work here. But, uh, you know, the, the, the Jets overall, you know, I, 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 let's see, Milo Eifler, um, you know, a, a solid linebacker had a chance to get drafted. Um, you know, Tristan Hogue out of BYU, another offensive lineman that's going to add some depth there up front. Um, you know, especially when they're competing. Whoa. Okay. We are back. So when you look at, at the AFC North now. We're moving on to the AFC North. We're going to look at the Baltimore Ravens. And I think when I look at the Baltimore Ravens, the first name that jumps off is Ardarius Washington. I was surprised that this guy fell. This is a guy that's going to make this roster. Um, I think that's there's no question about it. I mean, Baltimore, on the front end of their draft, they get their receiver in uh, Rashad Bateman. They get the guy passing, you know, as a pass rusher in Odafa Owe. And uh, so I, I thought that that was a really a nice haul um, there overall. They get a couple of guys there in the secondary, Brandon Stevens, Sean Wade, guys that can either be a corner, um, you know, could be a safety, could be a nickel. Um, our Darius Washington, I look at him and I think he's a guy that could end up taking over eventually for Chuck Clark or Deshaun Elliott, a guy who has a lot of range, uh, can cover, you know, the field all over the place, you know, sideline to sideline. Uh, he's undersized. And I think that's really what ultimately hurt him in terms of his draft stock. You know, you're talking about a safety who's 5'8", 178 pounds. It's definitely going to hurt him. Um, you know, when you look at the numbers, you're like, all right, well, um, you know, only really, you know, had a had the one season there as a freshman that really stood out. Five interceptions, a couple of pass breakups, uh, you know, redshirt sophomore coming out. So he's a younger guy as well. Uh, but I think he has a great shot, you know, there with Baltimore, especially with the, the circumstances there um, around the, the franchise at the safety position. Uh, I, I look at a guy like Tony Poljam, um, the tight end. He, com- he was a converted uh, tight end. He was a quarterback there at Central Michigan. Moved on to tight end. Ends up transferring to Virginia. Um, showed off some nice athleticism. You know the ability to adjust to the football in the air. Had a nice um, play in the end zone, adjusting to the to a, uh, a ball thrown in the back of the end zone, getting his toes down. You look at uh, Nick Boyle and, and obviously Mark Andrews there. Um, but that third tight end position, you know, he's going to battle guys like uh, Eric Tomlinson, Jacob Breland, Josh Oliver. Eli Wolf. So there's a good chance that that pulled in, um, you know, could either make the roster or at least a, a practice squad. Uh, Foster Sarah, uh, Sorrell uh, out of Stanford, a guy that you know was uh, a right tackle primarily. You look at it, you've got um, Alejandro Villanueva and, and Ronnie Stanley up front. Uh, 
Tyree Phillips as well. So I think there's a chance for him. Uh, he and Adrian Ely out of Oklahoma, although Adrian Ely, the movement skills bother me. I think he's a guy that would have to kick inside to guard and he's going to have a hard time at that guard position. Uh, you know, you've got Ben Cleveland who, who they drafted. They signed Kevin Zeitler. Uh, Bradley Bozeman is he a guard? Is he a center? You know, you'll find out there. I think Ben Powers coming out of OU was a better pro prospect than Adrian Ely. So he's going to struggle to make that team, in my opinion. Um, you know, when you look at uh, some of the other names there, uh, you know, Blake Gallagher is obviously a name for me that jumps out. Um, you know, an athletic linebacker, a guy that I think can make some plays, um, you know, if he sticks there. Um, you know, and looking at the current roster, I'm not sure that he's still there. Um, but, you know, I, I think Blake Gallagher is a guy, wherever he goes, he, he'll be a nice uh, addition, if nothing else, as a special teams guy. Um, you know, a guy that made a lot of plays there for uh, Northwestern. Moving on to Cincinnati. Cincinnati, the Bengals, look, they, they pick up Jamar Chase. They get their receiver. Uh, in round two, they get Jackson Carmen, who's going to be playing guard for them. Um, you know, they're confident that Riley Reef is going to be the right tackle. Uh, they get Joseph Osai uh, and a bunch of, you know, guys uh, with, with pass rush ability with, with Wyatt Hubert and, and Cameron Sample, um, you know, being picked up there on day three. Then they get another guy who I think is definitely intriguing and Darius Hodge out of Marshall. Um, you know, Darius Hodge, you know, wearing number two, you know, 6'2", 245, uh, 20 and a half tackles for loss, 15 and a half sacks, came out after his junior season. I would have liked to have seen him come back for one more year, but look, this is a guy who's tremendously active, 63 tackles in 10 games this past season for the Thundering Herd. I think he has a shot to make the roster. Here's another name for you to watch out for, Puka Williams, guy out of, uh, out of Kansas. And if I'm Travion Williams, I'm getting a little nervous about my, my role there with the team because Puka has a chance to be a stud. And what he did there for the Jayhawks, 5'10", 170 pounds. This is a guy uh, who only played in four games in 2020, but in his first two seasons there at, at, uh, at Kansas, over 2,300 yards on the ground, 66 receptions. Uh, you know, 12 touchdowns, I'm sorry, 16 total touchdowns if you include the receiving yards, but also a guy that can return kicks, had a, uh, of his seven uh, kickoffs that, that he returned th this past season, one of those he took back to the house, 28.1 yards per, per return. I think he has a, a darn good shot at making that roster. Uh, another guy that I'm a big fan of is Antonio Phillips out of at a ball state and you look at the the corners there are a lot of corners there they're pretty deep at the cornerback position i don't think antonio phillips is going to be making the roster here but he's a guy i hope that he gets a chance to at least showcase what he can do because i think antonio phillips is one of the more underrated players coming out of the mac a guy who has a lot of ball skills eight interceptions 18 pass breakups a guy that you know moves pretty well for for a guy uh, there on the back end six foot 191 pounds I think he'll end up surfacing somewhere else just because it's so loaded there. Uh, you know, Drew Chrisman is a dude that just, he, he booms, uh, booms punts. Uh, I thought he was going to be a guy that was going to get drafted. Uh, he was brought in. He's going to challenge Kevin Huber there um, at, at the punter uh, spot. They brought in Evan McPherson to battle Austin Siebert. I, I think it just makes sense. You get some competition there in, in your special teams. Uh, Cleveland. Cleveland's another team that I really liked what they did with the draft. Um, you know, they didn't have a linebacker that they could really go to with both uh, Zayvon Collins and Jamin uh, Davis off the board. So you address the, the corner position, you get Greg Newsom in there, you know, you figure Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, 
Greg Newsom, Troy Hill, nice foursome there. If you want to do battle with the likes of Kansas City, you have to be loaded on the back end. And that's exactly what Cleveland has. Um, then getting Jeremiah Wusukoromoa in round two, I mean, I thought that was an absolute steal. Another potential steal is getting Marvin Wilson there out of Florida State. This is a guy who you know really fell out of favor with a lot of people. A lot of you know, um, just in terms of his the potential and the production. This is a guy who I, I kept saying over and over that everyone talking about his game film in 2019, he had eight and a half tackles for loss, and all but two of those uh, were in two games. You know, against Louisville and Syracuse. Um, and so you watched him in, in 2020. The motor ran hot and cold. But look, you know, he's a tremendous athlete. You know, 15 tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks. If Marvin Wilson can can come in with the right mindset, come in in shape, he has a chance to make, make this roster, make that rotation. Because you look at it, you have Jordan Elliott and Andrew Billings right now as the starters. You've got Malik Jackson on the roster. You drafted Tommy Togiai. Uh, Sheldon Day and Malik McDowell are also on the roster. Damian Square. Marvin Wilson has a chance to make this roster. I, I really believe that he has a good shot. Um, he's going to have to battle um, for sure because there are a lot of names that are there uh, you know, that uh, have some experience. But you know, if Marvin Wilson is right, then I, I think he's as good as as most of those guys. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Rugamba, or you know, when he was playing at uh, at Iowa, Manny Rugamba. Um, but you know, Ru- Emmanuel Rugamba, he's 5'11", 194 pounds. Um, you look at him, 17 pass breakups, four interceptions over his career there with both Iowa and Miami of Ohio. Um, I think he has a chance to end up making a practice squad somewhere. I don't think he'll end up being in Cleveland, but I think he has a chance to make a practice squad somewhere. Um, so I, I do like that that setup there for him. Um, moving on to the Steelers. Now the Steelers, they, they needed to go corner at some point, um, and, and I'm glad that they at least did so in uh, in, in free agency. Um, with, with the undrafted free agents. When you look at the cornerback position, we talked about it before. Joe Hayden um, on, on one side, you know, Justin Lane got in trouble with the law, Cameron Sutton, the nickel. Um, but then, you know, you know the, the question marks, Arthur Mollet, uh, you know, James Pierre, uh, Demarcus AC on the roster as well. So you bring in a guy like Shakur Brown, uh, who led the Big Ten in uh, in interceptions a season ago. The junior thought he was going to come back for one more season. Decided to come out, take advantage of a big season for him. Uh, but he's undersized, and so that's a big concern that I have. And then Mark Gilbert, you know, he's 6'1", 175. Everybody was on him after his sophomore season. Six interceptions, 15 pass breakups, battled injuries over the last two seasons. Don't really know if he can stay healthy. You know, missed the entire 2019 season uh, after only playing in, in two games in 2018 and then again only two games in 2020. Um, so is he going to be able to stay healthy? That's the big question mark. That's why he wasn't drafted. But you know, when he is healthy, you know, he's got some skills. Uh, Calvin Bundage is another interesting guy um, that they brought in. He can be an outside linebacker. I think he played some inside backer there for Oklahoma State. But a guy, I, I look at him, he's he's a situational pass rush guy, much like Quincy Roche, who they took in, in the sixth round. Cassius Marsh is on the roster. Um, but I, I think Bundage has a good chance. You know, they, they needed more pass rush help. They've got TJ Watt and, and Alex Highsmith. They needed to replace Bud Dupree. Quincy Roche was really the only guy that they had on the roster. So you think of, uh, of Calvin Bundage and 
you know, a, a guy that didn't start most of the time there for Oklahoma State. He's 6'1", 220 pounds, kind of undersized, um, but had seven and a half sacks this past season. You know, 12 overall in his career, a guy that knows how to get after the quarterback. And then another guy that I'm a huge fan of, and I think he actually fits the bill as a Pittsburgh Steeler linebacker. And he's a guy to really watch out for. And it's um, Jamin Davis's teammate, Jamar Watson. Big dude, 6'3", 244, has really good size, uh, 28 and a half tackles for loss, 18 and a half sacks in his career, six forced fumbles. Um, not quite the athlete that Jamin Davis is, but definitely a guy that can get after the quarterback a little bit. Um, you know, another name to, to watch out for is Lamont Wade. You know, the safety, they, they did draft, uh, you know, uh, Trace, Trey Norwood, uh, Donovan Steiner, uh, Steiner's on the roster as well. Um, they've got Mika Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edwin, Edmonds. Um, there's a chance that Lamont Wade, he's an undersized safety, uh, but I think he has a shot, uh, if nothing else. Um, so that's really you know the, the picks that I'm looking at there in the AFC North, which then takes us down to the South. And when we look at the South, we have to start with the Houston Texans. Didn't have too many draft picks, didn't have one in, in the first or second round. Um, you know, round number three, they target Nico Collins. They needed a big physical receiver. They get one there. Um, you know, the quarterback position question mark. They get Davis Mills there in, in round number three as well. Um, you know, you look at that offensive line, and um, you know, they've got Titus Howard on the right side, struggled. Uh, uh, Laramie Tunsil's holding down the left side. Uh, you got Max Sharping and, and Marcus Cannon at the guard positions. I'm looking at a guy like like Carson Green out of Texas A&M. And, and look, Carson Green, for me, I, I thought he was a guy that could be a right tackle, could also kick inside the guard. He's 6'6", 319. And, and the thing with it was, was I thought he was pretty consistent there for Texas A&M. Look, what you're getting, you're getting some high caliber tackle, uh, not uh, offensive linemen there with those maroon goons. And I thought even though uh, you know Dan Moore got all the hype that both Carson Green and Ryan McCollum, who was also picked up by Houston, were, were two guys in this class that I thought played really well. Obviously, the the, the guy that, that's the focal point was Kenyon Green, and he's going to be draft eligible in the 22, 22 draft. But uh, you know Ryan McCollum, he's a 6'5 center. He's a bigger guy. Cole Cabral, uh, uh, you know, out of ASU, he's uh, the projected starter right now. Justin Britt also on the roster. Ryan McCollum, though, is a guy to keep an eye out for as well. Uh, for this team and then Marlon Williams you know Marlon Williams out of UCF he's one of those guys when I think of of receivers that uh, you know just come out of nowhere and, and end up making a roster Marlon Williams is one of those guys you think of guys like Marlon Mitchell um, with different guys you know on the Ravens you know that, that would come through that uh, would end up latching on and being a guy that could be a possession receiver I look at Marlon Williams over a thousand yards receiving through eight games 10 touchdowns six foot 215 um you know he's a nice receiver a guy when you look at it he has more size than some of the other guys on the roster one of the guys i was thinking of chris conley actually is on the roster chris moore uh you know from from baltimore fame so marlon williams actually fits the same pro profile as a lot of those guys so um, you know he'll be doing battle with some of the more seasoned veterans so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out um, but marlon williams was one of those guys as an undrafted free agent, I wanted to see where he'd go to see if maybe he'd be able to latch on somewhere. Um, oh, unfortunately, uh, Houston, may, he may not be able to make it, may not be able to stand out, but um, you know, I, I think he could. He has a chance to latch on somewhere. 
uh, Indianapolis. Um, you know, they needed to go with the receiver. They didn't really target one in the draft. Um, you know, they waited until round uh, round seven to get Mike Strahan. Um, you know, so you look at it. You've got Ty Ty uh, T Y Hilton came back. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. looks like he's going to be a stud. And you have Paris Campbell, uh, Zach Pascal. Um, another guy that would step up from time to time. You get Tyler Vaughns out of USC and Tarek Black um, out of Texas. Came came over from from Michigan. Was a grad transfer there. Um, but I'm I'm looking. You know, Ty, Tarek Black is is a big physical receiver. But I'm looking at Tyler Vaughns out of SC. Six two one ninety. Very smooth athlete. A possession receiver out on the outside. Uh, inconsistent hands. I think that's ultimately why he did not get drafted. But look, over 2,800 yards receiving, 222 receptions, uh, you know, and 20 touchdowns. A guy that was one of the leaders, veteran leaders there in that that uh, loaded receiving core for the Trojans. I think he has a shot to end up making the roster. Uh, you look at a guy like Deion Jackson, the running back. You've got uh, Jonathan Taylor. You've got Naeem Hines, Marlon Mack. You know, and and Jordan Wilkins, you've got a loaded backfield there. But the thing that I like about Deion Jackson, you know, and again, a guy when we're talking about these guys, you know, you look at a loaded backfield. He may not end up latching on there in Indy, but he can end up moving on somewhere else. And uh, and six foot two fifteen. Uh, a power power back, physical between the tackles, over 2,200 yards in his career, 18 touchdowns, 61 receptions in his career as well for the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, he's a guy that I think can end up making a roster somewhere. Uh, Jacksonville, you know, Jacksonville obviously Urban Urban Meyer, uh, you know, a relationship with uh, you know a guy like uh, Nick Saban. And when you look at Jacksonville, they end up getting a guy by the name of Dylan Moses. Um, surprised that he was sitting out there. Um, you know, they, they, they're loaded ultimately at middle linebacker because they've got, you know, jo, uh, Joe Schobert and Damian Wilson there. Um, but you look at Miles Jack, you look at Leon Jacobs. Uh, they brought in Jordan Smith to be a pass rusher coming off the edge. Shaq Quarterman's on the roster. Roy Roberts, uh, Robertson Harris. But what I like about Dylan Moses, it, you know, he's a guy that's going to be battling that knee injury still. You know, he admitted in 2020 he was still battling the, the, the knee issue. Um, but he's going to be an outside backer. I think he he should he that's where he belongs. He's 6'3", 240. You know, he struggled in coverage, but what you really want to see is, is see him be active. You know, moving in space. You know, a guy that uh, you know when he sees the ball, he goes after it. He runs hard. You know, flowing to the football. Um, very intelligent player as well. He just feels like a guy that would fit in well with Urban Meyer. I love that pick. A lot of people are talking about uh, you know Josh Imatar Bebe and the the leaping ability. You know, 46 inch vertical leap. Um, didn't see the field against you know for USC. Moves on to Illinois. Struggled with his hands. Struggled to really make an impact. I think he's going to struggle to make this roster as well. You know, when I look at you know DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, Lavisca Chenault, uh, you know Philip Torset. Um, you've got Colin Johnson on the roster. Uh, Jamal Agnew uh, is going to be your special teams guy. John Vay Johnson's even on the roster as well. I think he's going to struggle uh, to end up making the roster. Uh, DJ Daniel, uh, the corner out of Georgia. Uh, you know, you've got Tyson Campbell there. Um, and I think what they did was they, they were able to catch on watching DJ Daniels. Well, another position where I, I think they helped themselves this offseason. Obviously, they brought in Shaq Griffin uh, to play opposite CJ Henderson. They also have Trey Herndon on the roster. They, they drafted Tyson Campbell. Uh, so I, I think. Daniel's going to have a hard time making the roster. What I do like about DJ Daniel, I think he's a guy that could end up sticking somewhere else. Another bigger guy that can move pretty well in coverage. Uh, you move on to Tennessee. Tennessee gets one of my favorite guys at, at any position, and that's Tory 
Uh, Torrey Carter there out of LSU, a real tough physical guy there for fullback. And then they also get an H-back uh, of sorts in, um, in Miller Forrestall out of Alabama. Um, you know, I, I think that the tight end position is really up in the air. Forrestall battled injuries with the tide. He, you know, he has that versatility to play multiple positions, as does uh, Briley Moore out of out of Kansas State. This is a you know obviously a, a transfer uh, coming in uh, as a, a grad transfer to K State. Athletic tight end, he's undersized, so another guy that could be a potential fullback, H back, uh, tight end position. But look, you know you've got Anthony Ferkser, George Swaim, uh, Jared Pinkney. Not a really a lot of household names, so that's really going to be something to where he can come in both of those guys and compete. You got a guy like Justice Reed coming out of Virginia. Another guy who, look, he's he's played a ton of football. You know, six years, um, and you wanted to see could he translate from you know a, an FCS program um, to to Virginia. He actually started his career at Florida uh, back in 2015, uh, but in 2020 with with Virginia Tech, nine tackles for loss, six and a half sacks. He's a guy that's you know just an interesting prospect. A guy that probably wound up, you know, he has he's he's one of the the few guys that you can say coming in, he is about as NFL ready as, as he's going to be. Um, he, he's got really good size. You know, he's 6'3", 270 pounds. You look at it, you got Danico Autry, uh, you know, Laurel Murchison, Jeffrey Simmons uh, on the roster there. They brought in Rashad Weaver. You know, keep an eye on Justice Reed. He's a guy that could end up making a practice squad, might slip into, uh, you know, the roster when it's all said and done as well. Um, and then... One final guy, Cole Bamwert, they're out of Iowa. Um, you know, you look at that guard position, they need depth at the at, at the guard position. Both he and Chandon Herring there out of BYU. Uh, Herring has the versatility to play, play both tackle and guard. I think Herring has the has the better shot at making the roster, but I think both of those guys will be in competition to end up securing one of those guard spots when it's all said and done. I think the, the nod goes to Herring because of that versatility. Uh, Denver there in, in the AFC West. Denver has a ton of undrafted free agents that they brought in. Uh, I, I like Nolan Laufenberg out of uh, out of Air Force. Uh, Denver didn't have to go too far to, to watch him play. Uh, a guy who could be a road grader, very athletic blocker there. You've got Dalton Reisner. You've got uh, you know Graham Glasgow uh, on the roster. Um, you know, Natani Muti and, and Austin Schlotman. I think Nolan Laufenberg has a chance to end up making this, this roster. I, I firmly believe that. Uh, Andrew Beck's your fullback, but you bring in a guy like Adam Adam Prentice has experience both at uh, South Carolina and Colorado State. Um, a, a guy that can catch the football out of the backfield a little bit, but he's going to be your, uh, your rogue grader, if, if you will. Offensive tackle. You've got Bobby Massey at right tackle, Garrett Bowles at the left. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Drew Himmelman, may not quite have the foot speed to be a left tackle, but he's 6'9", 317. Keep an eye on him. He has a great chance to make make the roster. He was a guy that played in the spring a little bit there at Illinois State. Um, I'm a big fan of his. I actually thought he might actually get drafted. Um, so I was surprised when he fell. Uh, Warren Jackson, they're out of Colorado State. He's a 6'5", 6'6", receiver. And look, undrafted free agents, you know, if nothing else, you take a, a chance on them because you might get the next Preston Williams. Um, you know, you've got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, uh, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick on the roster. You draft Seth Williams. Desha- uh, Deshaun Hamilton ends up getting injured. Um, so Warren Jackson, 
uh, a bigger receiver. He's going to be competing with Seth Williams, I think, for for a potential roster spot there. Um, you know, but it, it'll be interesting to see how all of this plays out. The fact that Deshaun Hamilton uh, gets injured, Brandon Mack uh, at a Temple is is another guy that was brought in as a undrafted free agent. He's a guy that's interesting. Um, because he, he kind of almost fits that profile, you know, as well. Bigger guy, 6'5", 220, um, over 900 yards in 2019. Didn't really see the football thrown his way quite as much in 2020. Um, but another guy who's a pretty good athlete on the outside could be a nice, you know, physical possession receiver. Um, but really, I, I think what they did at the linebacker position, bringing in a guy like, like David Curry and then Curtis Robinson as well. David Curry is a guy to me that I think is going to end up making this roster. Um, at that inside backer position, you know, I, I just I look at the the dynamic there. You put him and Baron Browning together. I really like the dynamic. And, and look, Curry at, at Georgia Tech, all he was was productive. A guy that just had a nose for the football. 6'2", 230 pounds, two hundred forty tackles, fifteen and a half going for loss, five pass breakups as well. Uh, pretty instinctive player. Um, and then one other guy who, who could end up being an inside-outside guy, 6'3", 246 pounds, and that's Andre Mintz out of uh, Vanderbilt. And a, a guy who, look, 17 tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks. He's going to be one of those outside linebacker guys more than anything else, I think, you know, because you do have Bradley Chubb, you have Vaughn Miller. Uh, Jonathan Cooper was brought in. He's going to be a situational pass rush guy. Malik Reed is, is a guy that's really excelled there. Andre Mintz has a good chance to end up making that roster uh, a final roster spot. He'll be battling Derek Tuska there from North Dakota State fame um, you know, for a roster spot, I think, when it's all said and done. And they bring in Sean Beyer, a guy from Iowa. You just you have to bring in Iowa tight ends, right? You've got Noah Fant. You've got Albert Oweboonam, Troy Fumagalli. If they're looking for a fourth tight end, Sean Beyer might end up making that roster. The Raiders, they get one of my favorite guys at any position. I know I'll be saying that quite a bit because there are some guys that are sitting in this in this group of free agents um, that are I'm a big fan of. And I'm looking at Darius Stills. And, and yes, you know they've got Jonathan Hankins and and Quentin Jefferson, uh, Solomon Thomas. Um, but I think Darius Stills has a tremendous shot at making this roster. And look, you know what you have in Darius Stills is just an undersized nose tackle. And but the thing that I love about him is that he wins with with leverage. He wins with the strength. 6'1", 285, a guy that just made plays in opposing backfields. Twenty three tackles for loss. Ten and a half sacks. Lining up over the nose. And when he you know, was beating you with not only that leverage, but then you know the speed and the quickness off the ball to split double teams and get into the backfield in a hurry. You know, I really like what they did there. And I look at the you know the, this group of, of players that they brought in. You know Max Richardson out of Boston College, you know, instinctive linebacker. And you look at this linebacking group, you know, you've got Nicholas Morrow and Nick Wachowski, Corey Littleton. Uh, they bring in, you know, Divine Diablo and Malcolm Kuntz. Uh, Kuntz is probably going to be more of a defensive end, but I think Max Richardson has a tremendous shot at making the roster uh, because, look, you know, he's a volume tackler. He and, uh, you know, if you watched him, you watched uh, Isaiah McDuffie. They were guys that were just flying around to the football there for BC, six foot 230. Um, you know, had over 200 tackles in the last two seasons. 32 tackles for loss, 10 sacks in his career, six pass breakups. Just a guy that has a nose for the football. I think he has a shot to make the Raiders. You know, those are two guys, you know, Stills and Richardson that I think have a great shot. Dylan Stoner, look, another, you know, possession guy. And when you look at this receiving core, I, I think they're loaded. Um, you know, and Stoner reminds me of another Hunter Renfro. 
And so I, I could see why uh, a guy like Mike Mayock brought him in. I think he's a guy that can end up, you know, making the roster as a, you know, on the practice squad. Uh, you know, he, he's one of my favorite guys in the slot. Um, so he, he'll be a guy to keep an eye on there. And then Trey Regis, the big, powerful running back. You get Garrett Groshek out of Wisconsin. You already have Alex Ingold. Um, you know, and you, you look at, at Trey Regis, the, the physical back. You know, you've got Josh Jacobs. Kenyon Drake was brought in as well. You have Jalen Richard. Um, you know, if you need a fourth back, Trey Regis could potentially be that guy. He and Jalen Richard are really going to be battling there, I think, for that, that third um, running back position when it's all said and done. And then Matt Bushman. You have Darren Waller, you have Foster Moreau, uh, you know Derek Carriers is kind of your third tight end, but you know Matt, Matt Bushman was kind of the forgotten tight end, and he's a guy that's coming off injury, and, and that could be a big reason why he fell out of the draft. But look, 6'5", 240 pounds, and look in three seasons there for you know for the Cougars, uh, over seventeen hundred yards through the air, nine touchdowns. A guy that was just a weapon for, for Zach Wilson in his first two years there at BYU. The guy that can get vertical a little bit, uh, really good in the you know not only um, you know as an inline tight end up the seam, but also lining up um, in, in the slot as well. Uh, so he's an intriguing pick there. Um, when you look at, at the Chargers, the Chargers need pass rush help, right? So they bring in a guy like Amen Agbog Bamiga there out of Oklahoma State, a guy that I think has a chance to make the roster just because you know, he, he has a nose for the football can, and can rush the quarterback. Is he going to be an outside back, inside backer? You know, that's really going to be a you know a question there. But you've got Uchenna Nwosu, you've got Kyler Fackrell, and you brought in Chris Rump. Um, you know, Ogbog Bamiga, um, he was the guy, you know, he was really the bell cow for, uh, you know, the, the, the cow pokes, you know, 6'1", 235, had actually 100 tackles in 2019, and then followed that up with another 80 in 2020. Um, you know, and a guy, you know, he, he's tw- 25 tackles for loss, nine sacks. You know, and I, I think he, he's one of those guys that is just a good football player. You know, he reminds me of a guy like Drew Tranquil, you know, a guy that just knows, has a nose for the football, can just make some plays. Um, so he's an intriguing guy for me. Um, Foster uh, Merrill is, is another guy. I'm sorry, Forrest Merrill there out of Arkansas State is, is really interesting as well, uh, that nose tackle. Um, you've got Linval Joseph you know, on, on the roster, you know, Christian Covington and, and Braden Fajoko there. But what, when you have it in Forrest Merrill, he was, he was a guy that was just a lot of fun to watch, a guy that would just plug the middle, um, surprisingly athletic for a guy his size. Um, you know, 6'1", 338, uh, 17 and a half tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks, tremendously active for the Red Wolves. He's a guy that's really intriguing and I think could end up either making a roster or at least, if nothing else, making a practice squad. And then finally, KC uh, rounding things out. Um, it's interesting to get a couple of linebackers. I thought Riley Cole was going to get drafted. He didn't. But you do have a guy there um, who, who is a, a solid linebacker. Both he and Zane Anderson there out of BYU, a converted safety. Um, you get Shane Bouchelle, a quarterback who I thought was going to get drafted there, uh, potentially battling Anthony Gordon for that third quarterback spot behind Mahomes and Chad Henney. Henney you know, doesn't have a lot of years left in him, so there's a good chance that he can end up sneaking onto a roster. Uh, Devon Key there out of West, Western Kentucky, interesting safety pick. Um, 
you know, DiCaprio Boodle, one of the best names in the draft. Uh, he, he has uh, the ability to play both corner and, and safety. Uh, so he'll be a guy that's going to be battling for a, a potential practice squad spot as well. So that takes care of our AFC group. We're going to go ahead and take a look at the NFC now. And when you look at Dallas, the Cowboys, um, you know, an interesting you know lineup there. They, they get a guy like Brendan Knox out of, out of Marshall, you know, a guy who for a while was in my top 10 uh, in terms of running backs for the draft. You know, he's a big physical guy, more of a one cut and go type of a type of a running back. Not a guy that's really going to be making you miss too much. But you look at you know after uh, Zeke and Tony Pollard. After that, there's not a whole lot of depth behind him. Um, you know, I, I look at Brendan Knox. You know, they've got Sewell Alana Lua out of TCU on the roster. So it'll be interesting to see if if Bre- uh, Brendan Knox can end up sticking there with the team. Uh, Nick Eubanks, uh, a tight end who has a little bit of athleticism, has has uh, you know. Uh, Really known for his blocking ability more than anything else. Um, what was interesting is, is you know, they, they, you sign or you, you, you draft Simi Fajoko out of Stanford. Brandon Smith's also on the roster. And then, you know, you already have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, uh, Cedric Wilson. And what do you do? You end up also bringing in TJ Vasher, a 6'5 receiver out of Texas Tech. You bring in Osiris, Osiris Mitchell, who also is a, is, you know, has uh, has pretty good size there, a rangy receiver there uh, out of Mississippi State. You bring him onto the roster. So it, it's kind of interesting seeing what they're doing, bringing in a lot of these guys with size. You know, Brendan Eagles, um, you know, at least one of these guys has to be converting to tight end. I mean, just a lot, a ton of size at the receiver position there for Dallas. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting. They, they went with a lot of defensive players in the draft. So they, they look at uh, the offensive side of the football here uh, when it's all said and done with it. So you look at the Giants. They needed to, to address some more of that offensive line. Uh, Brett Heggie out of Florida, the center. Jake Burton, who was a tackle at UCLA, ends up playing guard at Baylor. Um, I think he has a chance to end up sticking with in the league. And then another guy that was interesting out of uh, you know, Georgia Southern, and that, that's Raymond Raymond Johnson. Um, you know, an intriguing player. You know, for me at least, um, he was a guy that I marked as someone to watch. Uh, you know, he's 6'3", 270 pounds, 33 and a half tackles for loss, including 13 and a half this past season, 15 sacks in his career. Uh, he's the guy to at least you know be you know to, to take notice of because the Giants look you know they, they wanted to address their pass rush they needed to get some guys up there you know they obviously signed uh, you know you know drafted Aziz Ojulari uh, you know you look at Raymond Raymond Johnson he has a chance to end up battling uh, you know B J Hill R J McIntosh for a potential roster spot. Um, you know, Philly, the Eagles, they, they bring in Jamie Newman, a guy you know that I think a lot of people were expecting to uh, be a, a, a day two or day three pick. Ultimately, ends up sitting out after transferring from Wake to, to Georgia. Um, still has some work to do in his game, um, but he he'll he'll make the roster. You know, you look at Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco, he'll be that third third uh, quarterback in that group. Uh, Travon Grimes and, and Jamon Osmond, a couple of bigger receivers there. Um, you know, you drafted uh, Devontae Smith, obviously in round one. You have Jalen Rager from a season ago. Um, you know, Osmond and, and Grimes are the bigger receivers. And uh, you know, if I'm JJ Arcega Whiteside, it, it's time to kick things into overdrive because those guys are going to be coming for my job. Uh, Coyote Awasika out of out of Buffalo, he's a tackle, uh, but uh, I think he'll end up kicking inside to guard. And when I look at them, 
they've got uh, you know Landon Dickerson, who's probably going to be the center to take over for Jason Kelsey. Uh, but you have Nate Herbig, um, you know Matt Pryor backing up Brandon Brooks and, and Isaac Somalo. So I think uh, Awosika has a chance to end up sliding in there and taking on a, a spot there. And then Jaquan Bailey, you know, at defensive end. I talked about the fact that they needed pass rush help. Um, you know, they signed. They, they only drafted uh, Taron Jackson. But I look at Jaquan Bailey. This is a guy who was the all-time leading sack artist for Iowa State. Um, undersized defensive end, uh, just 6'2", uh, 261 pounds. But look, 44, uh, 44 tackles for loss, 25 sacks. Um, you know, sat out the majority of the 2019 season due to injury. Comes back as a redshirt senior and picks up right where he left off, getting after the quarterback. He's another guy that I think could stick. And then Washington, they end up going with the powerhouse running back in, in Jarrett, uh, Jarrett Patterson. I was surprised that Patterson was not drafted, to be perfectly honest with you, but it's interesting that you're loaded with this running back core. You've got Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick, Peyton Barber and, and Lamar Miller on, on the roster, but if you want to stay and, and get younger, Jarrett Patterson may be the way to go. Um, you know, Obviously a guy that you know had, had eight touchdowns on, on the year you know, in, in one game, over 400 um, 400 yards on the ground as well look over 600 carries 3800 yards on the ground 52 touchdowns 6.1 yards per uh, per carry you know not a guy that's going to take the you know the, the top off of a defense with speed but the lateral agility the, the jump cuts you know and his ability to make you miss in the hole um, you know and, and the contact balance to me I look at Jarrett Patterson he could end up being this year's James Robinson when it's all said and done keep an eye out for him um, I, I like what Washington did there um, you know, the Bears in the NFC North, they get an outside linebacker in Charles Snowden, very athletic linebacker. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys who I think, you know, he still needs some polish to his game. A guy who, you know, could be dominant at times and then also just disappears. And so that's really a big concern. Is this a guy that, you know, it, the motor running hot and cold with it, but, you know, definitely an athletic guy. Um, could potentially end up being a, a five technique when it's all said and done because he is 6'7", uh, currently 245 pounds. May end up being a practice squad guy and a guy that you could end up moving into uh, possibly even taking over for Mario Edwards up front when it's all said and done. Um, so an intriguing pick there. Um, Gage Cervenka out of Clemson, a guy that's going to provide some depth up front. He and Gunnar Vogel coming out of Northwestern potentially has a chance to end up being that fourth tackle on the roster. And then C.J. Marable, um, they drafted uh, Khalil Herbert. You know, they, they, they're loaded at that run, running back position. Uh, Marable, I don't think, is going to end up making the roster or even the practice squad there in Chicago. Um, but I, I hope that he gets a chance to showcase what he can do somewhere else. Uh, ran a sub 4, 540. He's 5'10", 200 pounds there out of Coastal Carolina. Um, very versatile running back there for the Chanticleers. Over 2,600 yards on the ground, 29 touchdowns, 84 receptions in his career as well. Um, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch. I think he's tremendously athletic, uh, can be very versatile. I think he's a guy that could end up possibly making a team for, for a, you know, a franchise somewhere. Um, Lions, I, I, you know, look, another team that I, I thought, you know, did a pretty solid job overall in the draft. I wanted to see them address that receiver position more. They waited until round four, pick up uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, but it seems like they had a plan uh, because they targeted some receivers there, uh, all big receivers. You know, they've got Brashad Perriman and, and Ty, uh, Tyrell Williams. Amon Ross St. Brown's your possession receiver. You've got Quintez Cephas from a season ago, uh, but you bring in a guy like Jonathan Adams, 
um, you know, Sage Surratt, Javon McKinley, all guys that you know are weapons on the outside. I like Jonathan Adams though as as the guy that I, I think has the best chance to to make this roster. Jonathan Adams really was kind of a breakout guy there for uh, the Red Wolves of Arkansas State. 6'3", 220, ran a four five one forty at his at his pro day. But look, over eleven hundred yards, twelve touchdowns this past season. A guy that uh, three touchdowns in, in the win over K State. Um, some incredible catches as well. Sage Surratt um, seemed to be virtually unblockable for Wake Forest a season ago. Sat out the 2020 uh, season due to, to COVID-19 issues. And and look, you know, with, with Surratt, you know, he, he looked a lot slower. Um, you know, ran a you know a, a disappointing 40 times, 63215. Uh, did you know look 66 catches over 100 uh, over a thousand yards and 11 touchdowns. Um, you know, a guy who has a chance to make make the roster. Um, Drake Jackson, you know, you look at that center position. Frank Ragnow is the, um, you know, the 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 leading, uh, or I guess I should say the highest paid center in the league. So you have him there. Drake Jackson, though, you saw what he could do at, at uh, the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, he's undersized. He's just 6'2", 290 pounds, but a guy that plays with excellent leverage. So I, I like that that pickup. And then I'll give you one final name there for, for the Lions because there's, there's a lot of guys that they picked up. Um, but Devontae Beckett, you know, he's 5'10", 214, may end up being a safety, but a guy that was just an absolute playmaker there for Marshall in his last two seasons there. Over 200 t- tackles. 14 tackles for loss, four and a half sacks, five pass breakups, a guy that just had a nose for the football, four forced fumbles, six fumble recoveries, one of which then he turned returned back to the house. And when you look at this team and I look at Devontae Beckett, you know, they 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 need help at that linebacker position. They they signed, I, I think, you know, a steal in Derek Barnes uh there in round number four. I think Devontae Beckett is going to end up playing his way onto this team. I look at the safety group uh, behind Will Harris and Tracy Walker. Um, I think there's a chance for him to ultimately make the roster just because he's a guy that you know has great instincts and flies around to the football. Uh, Christian Uphoff of Illinois State, you know, I think is one of the guys for Green Bay that's going to end up making the roster. This is a, a bigger physical safety, uh, a guy that I, you know, I thought was going to get drafted, you know, as high as possibly even the fourth round. So I, I think he's a nice get, a guy that could end up possibly being their number three safety. Um, Jack Heflin out of Iowa, a guy that, you know, when he when he moved on to Iowa, you know, didn't really get uh, a chance to really showcase what he could do. But a guy that, you know, when he was at, at Northern Illinois. Um, you know, had 17 and a half tackles for loss, had nine sacks. He's 6'4", 312. Uh, they need guys at that uh, defensive end position in that 34 defense to help out Kenny Clark. So he's a guy, look, you know, Dean Lowry was some, you know, and, uh, you know, Tyler Lancaster both were guys that kind of came out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, I think Jack Heflin could potentially be one of those guys as well. Carlo Kemp, uh, kind of an undersized guy that was playing the nose tackle position there at Michigan, uh, but a pretty good athlete up front. He's another guy to keep an eye out for. Um, Bailey Gaither is a, is a nice possession receiver there out of San Jose State. I, you know, I think there are too many receivers on this roster, um, but uh, I, I thought he was worth mentioning because you know before he went down to his knee injury, he was really an intriguing prospect. Um, Minnesota, Minnesota brings in a couple more receivers. Um, you know, they, they ended up uh, sign or, or drafting Emir Smith Marset, kind of a surprise. Uh, but you look at Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Look, they, they hit a home run uh, late in, in you know in the draft a couple of years ago, getting Olabisi Johnson, um, you know who 
look like he has a chance to be that, that number three receiver there. You've got Chad Beebe and, and K.J. Osborne on the, on the roster. You bring in Wap Fillior, who was the slot receiver there in Indiana. Ricky Prohl's son, Blake out of East Carolina, uh, Myron Mitchell out of out of UAB, three receivers. I, I my personal favorite is Wap Fillior. I think as, as a slot receiver, he's the guy that has a chance to stick. Uh, pretty good route runner there. Tough Borland kind of showed off. You know, he, he was a lot slower than I think a lot of people were expecting him to be. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to struggle to make the roster. I, I think there just aren't going to be enough bodies. Um, you know, Christian Ellis. Uh, Luther Ellis' son. Um, I, I like him as a linebacker. I don't see him being able to make it there in Minnesota, but I, I think he has a chance to end up sticking somewhere on a practice squad. Um, in the NFC South, Atlanta, you know, they, they're all the talk about getting a, a quarterback and they end up signing Felipe Frank. So I, I think is one of those guys who he's, he's raw, tremendously raw, but he has a lot of upside. Athletic guy, 6'5", over 220 pounds. Um, actually, you know, look pretty solid overall there at Arkansas. Not a flashy receiver by any means, but definitely an intriguing prospect. They needed a running back, and, and they bring in two guys that I think have a chance to make the roster behind Mike Davis, who right now is penciled in as their starter, and Javian Hawkins and Caleb Huntley. Keep an eye out for both of them. I think Caleb Huntley reminds me a little bit of uh, James Robinson, and, and Javian Hawkins is a guy who's going to be more of that change of pace guy. He's 5'9", 196. Uh, over 1,500 yards as a redshirt freshman for the Louisville Cardinal. Nine touchdowns. This is a guy tremendous contact balance. Runs, uh, you know, the, the lateral agility and his ability to make cuts down the field without slowing down. Um, really something that uh, is impressive. And then you look at a guy like Caleb Huntley, and he's he's they're, they're night and day. Caleb Huntley, 5'10", 229 pounds. He's a big physical guy. Five yards of carry, uh, over 2,900 yards despite. Um, battling injuries there in 2020, only three games. Um, 2018 also battled some injuries, only played in six games there. But when healthy, this is a guy who, who can really pound the ball between the tackles. Um, so he'll be an intriguing prospect to keep an eye out for there. Um, looking at, at their group, Antonio Nunn is an interesting receiver um, out of Buffalo. Uh, a guy who played bigger than his, his size would indicate. He's an interesting guy there. Uh, Kobe Jones, the defensive end out of Mississippi State. Um, he's a guy that I, I, I just look at the group. Um, they, they signed uh, or they, they drafted Taquan Graham and Ade uh, Ogundeje. Um, so I think Kobe Jones is going to struggle to make the roster there. But he is a guy that I think is, is going to be intriguing for a lot of teams. Uh, Carolina, look, you know they, they wanted to address the offensive line at some point, right? And... What I like about what, what Matt Rule does is he, he's looking to get physical at times. You know, he brought in Brady Christensen to to battle for that left tackle position. They were able to wait and get him in round number three. I'm a big fan of Brady Christensen. I, I think he'll end up being the left tackle opposite Taylor Moulton when it's all said and done. He'll take the job away from Greg Little. Deontay Brown is going to battle for a, a starting spot at, at the guard position. And then you bring in David Moore out of Grambling State, another physical guy. That's an interesting pick. Um, you know, they brought in Chuba Hubbard, who could potentially be uh, Christian McCaffrey's backup. But then there's Spencer Brown out of UAB. And I know that, you know, Spencer Brown didn't didn't test exceptionally well. Um, but here, here's the thing with Spencer Brown. Um, you know, a guy out of UAB who really resurrect, helped resurrect that program. Six foot, 220 pounds uh, in his first two seasons there for the Blazers. Um, over 2,500 yards and, and 26 touchdowns. Um, 
you know, and a guy who, you know, ended up with four, over 4,000 yards in his career, 41 touchdowns, um, you know, a guy who dropped some weight and became a lot more agile as a runner. Reminds me a little bit of, of uh, you know, Kareem Hunt when he did that at Toledo. But, uh, you know, with Spencer Brown, he's a guy that could end up being a change of pace guy, uh, potentially there in Carolina. And then they bring in Mason Stockey. You know, they didn't really have a fullback on the roster. Mason Stockey is an interesting guy. Uh, You know, if they end up deciding to um, have Christian McCaffrey run behind a fullback for a change. And then Patty Fisher, you know, this is a guy who has a nose for the football. Um, right now they've got Denzel Perryman penciled in as the middle linebacker. But, you know, Patty Fisher, you know, he, he didn't run the, the most impressive 40 time, you know, and that's really the biggest concern that you have is, is a guy, is he going to be able to, to match up laterally, the lateral quickness? Um, you know, is he a you know, tr- tremendous athlete? Probably not. But, you know, 6'4", 240 pounds. And look at this guy. After back-to-back, you know, seasons with over uh, 100, 110 tackles, uh, in his first two seasons there at Northwestern with 14 tackles for loss. Um, he finishes his career with 401 tackles, 24 and a half tackles for loss, a couple of sacks, four interceptions, 10 pass breakups, 10 forced fumbles. Dude just has a tremendous nose for the football. He just never really regained his form from his first two seasons. If he can somehow find that at the next level, he can end up potentially being a steal when it's all said and done. The New Orleans Saints end up getting Krill Williams out of Syracuse, the rangy safety corner guy, just battles some injuries, so there's some concern there. Um, you know, Bryce Thompson out of Tennessee, a nice cornerback um, pickup there. Stevie Scott, a physical running back. Um, Dylan Sainer out of Iowa State, you know, not a flashy tight end, but a guy that can get the job done, uh, you know, physical, you know, with his blocking ability. Uh, Tampa Bay, uh, I really like what they did, bringing in Jose Borregales, you know, the... Um, Lou Groza award winner kind of a surprise that he didn't get drafted you know a guy that I thought was really consistent you've got Ryan suck up there on the roster uh, as the incumbent Borogales has a chance to end up beating him out you also get an edge rusher in late McCarthy you know, I think they needed to get some depth there at the edge rush position late McCarthy is a guy remember that name because I think there's a good chance he ends up making that roster you know they, they stayed at home they're in the state of Florida with him as well Florida Atlantic 6'3 220 pounds 18 and a half ta- uh, sacks 34 and a half tackles for loss in his career and then Sidarius Hutcherson you know I, I talked about him you know plays you know three different positions I look at him and you know especially if Ali Marpet moves to center you know you got Hainsey who could potentially move to guard Alex Kappa battling injuries. Aaron Sinney was up and down. Keep an eye on Sidarius Hutcherson. I think there's a chance he could end up being a starter there for the Bucks when it's all said and done. Elijah Ponder will give you some nice depth um, along the defensive line as well. Uh, moving to the NFC West, um, you know, you look at Arizona, they get a big tight end and carry Angeline out of out of uh, NC State. You know, he's, he's big, he's physical. Um, I, I just worry about the hands. That's really the biggest concern, you know, more than anything else when I think of Angeline. But you look at the tight end position, Max Williams, uh, Daryl Daniels, Ian Bunting, not not anything to really get excited about. So when you think of Kerry Angeline, you know, he's 6'6", 250 pounds, a big target there for for Kyler Murray. So that's intriguing. Uh, The Rams, Alaric Jackson, you know, they needed to address that tackle position for sure. And and Alaric Jackson's a a real interesting guy there out out of Iowa. Um, you know, he's the reason why Tristan Wirfs was playing on the right side. Also why Tristan Wirfs had to move to the left side because he went down to injury and never really regained his form after he, uh, after he came back from injury. But 
Jackson has a great chance to end up being uh, another tackle on that roster. You've got Whitworth, Andrew Whitworth, and, and the Ageless Wonder. Joseph Noteboom is there. Uh, Rob Hamenstein, obviously, the starter on the right side. Bobby Evans on the roster. David Edwards is probably going to be a guard. Um, so Alaric Jackson, you know, if you're if you're keeping five tackles, he's going to end up being that guy. Noteboom can also end up playing the guard position. So I, I think Alaric Jackson has a great chance to end up making that roster. You know, Paris Ford, you worry about, uh, you know, he ran that 4940, which is scary. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he's he's a good football player, has good instincts. Um, I, I just I worry about whether or not he's going to end up, you know, taking that next step. You know, you've got Jordan Fuller and, and Taylor Rapp as your starters there at the safety position with uh, Terrell Burgess after that. Um, but he has a chance. And then Max Roberts, look, BC, you know, why not get a, a BC linebacker right you know I, I like max roberts maximilian roberts to be exact um you know just an intriguing player there out of bc uh 6'1 250 pounds he's a big dude um you know in eight games in 2020 his lone season there at bc as a redshirt sophomore uh six tackles for loss four and a half sacks um, he'll be a guy that'll probably end up making a practice squad um you know, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. San Francisco, you get a guy like Josh Peterson, tight end there out of uh, Louisiana Monroe. And I, I'm a big fan of Josh Peterson. You know, I, I like the guys that were coming out of ULM. Um, and with what you have here with this guy, you know, 99 catches, over 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns, um, a, a guy that I think could be a weapon in the, up the seam. Um, you know, and, and in San Francisco, obviously, you've got George Kittle, one of the best tight ends in the league. Um, but the depth behind him is lacking. Charlie Werner, Ross Dwelly. I think Peterson has a chance to end up being one of those developmental tight ends. You know, Justin Hillier battled injuries. Um, he's a guy that can end up sticking in that linebacking core. Uh, Elijah Sullivan out of K-State, another guy. He's a little undersized, but a guy that I think is going to battle for a, a linebacker spot there as well. Um, Intriguing prospect. Austin Watkins is probably one of my... He was the biggest surprise for me. Um, I, I think they have a steal there. Problem is, is they have so many guys at the receiver position. I don't know that Austin Watkins is going to stick with San Francisco. I think he's going to end up making a roster somewhere, though. You look at you know Brandon Ayuk, uh, Debo Samuel, Richie James, Mohamed Sanu, uh, Jalen Hurd still on the roster, Jawan Jennings, River Craycraft. Um, Austin Watkins, what I really like about him, you know, out of UAB, a guy that, you know, just making me plays for the Bulls. Um, and, and a guy who I thought, you know, could be a vertical threat, has good size. He's 6'3", 210 pounds, over 1,000 yards in, in 2019, um, you know, nine touchdowns in his career. And look, in 2019, 2019 was really his, his season. You know, 19.2 yards per reception. He's a guy to be on the lookout for, especially if you're a team that's looking for a receiver. Uh, Seattle. Tamorian Terry, I thought he was going to end up being a, a Seattle Seahawk. Um, surprised that he wasn't drafted. He and Cade Johnson both. Uh, the Cade Johnson out of um, you know South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, and I think both of these guys have a chance to make this roster. They only had three draft picks, so um, you know they, they end up made, making the most of it with with Dwayne uh, Eskridge. You've got DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett, Dwayne Eskridge, and then after that, you know, Freddie Swain's there. Um, but I think Terry and Cade Johnson have a great chance to end up making this roster. Um, so that's going to really be interesting as well. Uh, Greg Island, you know, probably going to be a guard when it's all said and done. Um, he'll provide some depth there up front, at least in camp. 
uh, battled potentially for a roster spot. Look, he can play both tackle and guard, so there's a chance that uh, he could stick there in Seattle. So those are the undrafted free agents. You know, a lot to like there. You know, I think there are some guys that have a chance to end up making the roster and making an impact. So it's really going to be interesting to see how that whole dynamic plays out. So now we're going to go ahead and play by the numbers one final time. And we're going to start with the quarterback position. Um, you know, in the last five drafts, 62 quarterbacks taken. Average about 12.4. I have 14 quarterbacks actually coming off the board. Um, had the five in the first round nailed. Had one quarterback in round two. You know, I was I was right there. Um, you know, but I had Davis Mills, and it ended up being Kyle Trask. Had two um, coming off the board in round three. I was expecting Mon and Trask, and it wound up being Mon and Mills. Um, really surprised that Ian Book came off the board in round four. I actually thought Felipe Franks would be there. Um, so Ian Book. Uh, but I did get one uh, one quarterback there in round number four. And then the only other quarterback taken was Sam Ellinger in round six. I knew Ellinger was going to get drafted. Surprised he went that early. Um, I ended up actually having 14 quarterbacks taken overall uh, versus the, the 10 that were actually taken. Uh, Felipe Franks, Peyton Ramsey, uh, Shane Bouchelle, Jamie Newman were the four that weren't drafted in my group. Um, and they, those were that was the order that I had them coming off the board. Franks, Ramsey, Bouchelle, Newman in rounds four through seven. Um, but the 10 quarterbacks taken was the lowest since 2017 when they also had 10 quarterbacks taken. That was a, a draft where Mitchell Drabisky was taking number two overall. And oh yeah, by the way, the Chiefs and Texans trade up to get Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Other notable quarterbacks on that list, you know, not really going to get just overly excited. Deshaun Kaiser. Davis Webb, C.J. Beathard, Joshua Dobbs, Nathan Peterman. So I think this quarterback class has a chance to be a lot better than that. You have the, the five there in round one, Trask, Mon, Mills, you know, known commodities. Uh, Book and Ellinger will be guys that will struggle to end up making a roster. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out. You look at the running back position. Holy cow. 115 taken in the uh, in the last five years, averages out to about 23 running backs. So I was actually picking about 19 running backs. 18 were actually taken. So we were actually really close. I had two running backs coming off the board in round one, and that was Najee Harris and, and Travis Etienne. Nailed that. I was expecting Michael Carter to come off in round two. He ended up uh, you know, falling all the way to round four to the Jets. Javante Williams was the only only guy taken. I had him coming off the board there. I had three running backs in round three. I thought Kenneth Gainwell, Trey Sermon, Khalil uh, Herbert really had a chance to come off the board. Really what you were looking at was this was a group that um, I was trying to go based on the averages. And this just wasn't a really strong running back class in the first two days. Uh, first two days of the draft, when you look at the averages, you're looking at probably about um, you know, seven to eight and so I went with uh, seven, and we wound up only having four taken because we had so many guys on the back end. You know, I, I was expecting four running backs to come off the board in round four. I had Chuba Hubbard and Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Michael Carter and, and Kenny Nwangu with a surprise, who I had coming off the board in round six. Um, you know, so interesting there actually nailed the, the number of running backs um I, I had two running backs coming off the board in round five kenneth gamewell was the only guy there um five running backs came off the board in round number six uh, elijah mitchell i had him coming off the board two hours uh, two uh, rounds earlier chris evans coming off the board around earlier khalil herbert three rounds earlier 
um, you know, so it's interesting looking at this. Uh, Larry Roundtree, I ultimately wasn't expecting him to get drafted. Um, and he ends up getting drafted there in round number six. Gary Brightwell actually nailed that one there in round six. I only had three running backs, um, average about four uh, over the last five years. We ended up with five. So we're actually right on target in terms of, of that, uh, how that dynamic how it played out. At six in 2016 and 2019 in round number six, five in 2017. So uh, right in line with that. Um, and then I I only had three running backs in round four. Or I'm sorry, in round seven I had Brent, uh, Brendan Knox, Jake Funk, Trey Regis. Missed out on, on Knox and Regis. Funk I got right. Um, you also had KJ Hill, who I had coming off the board in round four. Jared uh, Jamar Jefferson. Had him coming off the board in round five. Jared Dokes, I thought the knee injury ultimately wasn't going to get him drafted. He ends up coming off the board in round seven to the Dolphins. So uh, 18 running backs taken. Then you, all, if you throw in Ben Mason, who I completely forgot about, he was taken in round number five. Um, you know, not a bad haul overall in terms of you know my projections based on just the law of averages there. Uh, receivers, pretty close here as well. Um, 162 taken in the last five years, uh, 37 a season ago, the most since 2003. That was the draft when Charles Rogers, um, Andre Johnson, and Quan Bolden came off the board. Um, average about 32.4, and I, I was looking at 30. What I have, I had 37, and we actually had 36 coming off the board. So um, I actually had Austin Watkins, Cade Johnson, Tamari and Terry, um, Jonathan Adams. Sage Surratt and Wap Fillior, who I thought were going to get drafted, and they didn't. You know, the guys who ended up getting drafted uh, in their place, uh, you had Frank Darby in round six, uh, Jalen Camp in round six, Michael Strahan. Um, let's see, Trey Nixon, uh, Ben Skoranek. So, you know, really some, some names that kind of threw me off a little bit. Wasn't expecting them to really come off the board. Um, I, ha I was ex actually expecting seven receivers in round five. That's never happened in the last five years. We had six this past season. Average about 3.4. We wound up with five. Um, Elijah Moore and uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. were taken in round two. That's ultimately where they fell. Um, you know, we have four receivers taken there. Um, we have Moore, Eskridge, Atwell, and Marshall. And that actually was the fewest since we had three in 2017. Average about 5.2. We had seven, seven, and six. Um, so I thought I was a little light with four. Wound up, um, wound up being pretty close. Um, they have five. And really what's crazy, you have five receivers come off the board in each of the first four rounds. Um, you know, I had another four in round three. Had three of those right with Yami Brown, Amari Rogers, and, and uh, Anthony Schwartz. Uh, Nico Collins um, you know, was a guy that I actually had coming off the board in round two. He falls to round three to Houston. Um, you know, I actually had him mocked to Houston in round three, but when we were doing the by the numbers, he, I needed another guy in round in round two, and uh, Nico Collins fit the bill for me. Um, you know, so I, I missed out there. I, I didn't think Tutu Atwell was going to be a guy that was going to be drafted as high as he was. The Rams proved me wrong there. Uh, and then Josh Palmer, another guy that I thought was going to fall. And uh, instead, the Chargers took him there in round number three as well. Um, you know, five taken. I went with four. Um, thought that they were, you know, we're going to see three straight seasons with four receivers taken in round number three. We saw it in 2019 and 2020. Um, wound up with five. Um, another five in round four, um, you know, uh, with, with Des Fitzpatrick, who I thought 
um, was going to be a six-rounder. Amon Ross St. Brown, actually, I had him coming off the board in round two. Uh, Jalen Darden, Tylen Wallace. I thought Wallace was, uh, was a potential second-round pick there. Um, so it was just interesting. And then Jacob Harris, you know, really a kind of a surprise there. Um, thought he was going to be a later round pick as well. Um, you know, the, the aforementioned Watkins, Johnson, and, and Terry, I actually coming off the board there. Um, same, along with Powell, Cornell Powell and Amir Smith-Marset, who actually came off the board in round five. Um, so really kind of an interesting deal there. I actually had more value in round number five. I had six coming off the board there, only three actually came off the board. It's Simi Fajoko and the aforementioned uh, Smith, Marset, and Powell. You move on to round six, and this is really where it, things got interesting because I had I had six, there were actually eight receivers came off the board. Got Marquez Stevenson right, um, you know, and then you had Ronald, Dar or I'm sorry, um, Frank Darby out of ASU, Shai Smith from South Carolina, Racy McMath, um, who I thought was going to be a seventh rounder. Jalen Camp out of Georgia Tech, kind of a surprise there. Demetric Felton, thought he would go a little bit earlier than he did. Uh, Seth Williams and then Daz Newsom, uh, guys who I expected to kind of be day three guys. Um, you know, Kawan Baker actually got him right in, in round number seven. Um, had a total of five uh, coming off the board, so I was accurate there with that. Um, but, uh, you know, mentioned, you know, Skoranek, Strahan, and, and Nixon, Dax Milne. I actually thought he was going to be a sixth-round pick. Uh, ends up coming off the board there late to Washington. So not a bad haul overall. You know, they're at the receiver position. When you look at the tight ends, tight end position was interesting because you know, we, we had about 13.6 in terms of the average, 68 over the last five years. Um, the last time we had 11 was in 2016, and that's exactly what we had here. Um, I was expecting to see, you know, five come off the board in the first three rounds, and that's exactly what happened. Um, I have Pitts, and then Fryermuth and Long, uh, Jordan and Tremble. Got all of those guys right there in, in those first three rounds, with the exception of, of Brevin Jordan, who ended up falling to round five. Uh, you look at round four, got John Bates. Uh, you know, he had him going coming off the board around around later. Uh, Kylan Granson out of SMU, I was surprised. That was kind of the surprise pick there in round four. Um, and then in round five, uh, Luke Farrell going to, to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Ohio State guy playing for, for Urban. Uh, Noah Gray, I thought, would go around earlier. I thought Zach Davidson was actually from Central Missouri was going to come off the board late. He was a round five guy. So when it was all said and done, you had all your tight ends come off the board, all 11 in the first five rounds, nobody in, in, the, in the last two rounds. And I was kind of banking on that. And that's really the difference at the end of the day. You know, I was, I was feeling pretty good about where I was from a tight end standpoint. And then nobody was taken in, in those final two rounds. So guys like Sean Byer, Tony Poljan, um, Matt Bushman, Kenny Yaboa, Guys who I thought were going to be day three picks wound up being undrafted free agents. So kind of the difference there on that tight end position. And then when we look at the offensive tackles, 18.4 um, was our average, uh, 92 total in the last five years, 21 a season ago, which was the highest in those la in those five years. Um, the lowest was just 15 in 2017. And we had struggled with that, that tight end position or that, that tackle position. And uh, you know this was a, a, a big draft class, and I knew that I, I targeted 26. We wind up with 27. 
So pretty close in terms of, of where we had you know uh, guys come off the board. I had four off the board in round one. Sewell Slater and Darisaw I got right. Um, swap out Leatherwood and, and Tevin Jenkins. Uh, I thought Jenkins was kind of going to come off the board in round one. Ended up off the board in round two. Uh, you look at uh, Eichenberg, Raidens, and and Cosme in round two. Uh, Jenkins, uh, Walker Little, and and uh, Jackson Carmen. I had Carmen off the board in round four and Little in round three. Uh, and what you look at here, though, when you look at the draft, um, you had 3.6 in, in um, as an average in the first round and just 1.6 as an average in round two. So it just speaks to the depth at this tackle position. 3.2 was the average in round three. I had four coming off the board. There were only two, and that was Jalen Mayfield and uh, and Robert Hainsey. Um Interesting. Oh, I'm sorry. Along with, uh, I'm sorry, there were actually four. Um, so I did get that right. Um Brady, Brady Christensen and Spencer Brown both taken as well. Um, you know, Deontay Smith, Josh Ball, James Hudson had them all right in round four. I did a pretty good job overall in, in terms of some of these projections. Uh, Dan Moore, not expecting him to come off the board until round six. He came off the board in round four. So in terms of where we were at um, through the first four rounds, uh, 18 were selected. I had 17 going, so pretty close. You know, really, I just missed out on one tackle there in round two because after that you know the draft goes um, you know three four and two and i was right on in terms of the numbers just didn't get the players right um you know you're looking at um you know i had hainsey uh, landon young out of kentucky and tommy doyle come off the board in round five you had tommy doyle i, I forgot about larry borum from missouri uh, and then Braden james who i actually had coming off the board um in, in round six Round six, you get to, to William Sherman, who I didn't have coming off the board. Um, you know, Landon Young falls there. Set, uh, Stones Forsyth, I thought was actually going to be uh, taken much sooner. Um, Cole Van Landon didn't see that one coming. Um, Alaric Jackson, I thought would get drafted in round six. Uh, ultimately, he wasn't picked. I had Jalen Moore penciled in as a tackle, and uh, the projection really is him as a guard there in round number six. And then in round number seven, um, 1.4 is, is the average. I was expecting two. Um, I had Drew Himmelman and Grant Hermans. We, we know already that they were undrafted free agents. But our, uh, I'm sorry, Larnell Coleman out of U, uh, um, UMass. I thought he was going to be a project, you know, a project, a guy that would be an undrafted free agent. He ends up getting drafted in the seventh round. Same with Will Fries. I actually had him as a guard, so coming off the board in round seven, I actually had him as a round round seven guard. Um, you look at the guard position, and um, you know another position that was interesting. Just 14.2 as an average, 71 uh, total. Um, but we had 18, which is the highest in the last three years or last five years. And, you know, in 2020, just nine in 2018, I actually had 15 coming off the board. I tried to stay as true as I could to that 14.2. Uh, we only had 11, um, you know, and that's the lowest again since 2018. Um, we had Elijah Vera Tucker in round one, and that's the one guard that I had. I was expecting Wyatt Davis and, and Trey Smith way off there um, in terms of their projections. Um, Aaron Banks, I had him going to San Francisco in round three. He comes off the board in round two. I thought that was a bit of a reach. Um, nailed three uh, guards. Um, you had, uh, you know, Ben Cleveland, uh, Wyatt Davis, and, and Quinn Miners was pegged as a, as a guard there. I had him as a center. 
I had Kendrick Green actually coming off the board. They're actually kind of evaluating him as a center as well. When it was all said and done, I was targeting three three guards, and that's exactly what we had come off the board. Um, I had three guards in round three. There was only the one, and that was Royce Newman. Um, I was expecting Hutcherson and, and David Moore uh, to be selected there. Um, just the one in, in round five, and that was Jalen Moore out of Western Michigan. Um, 2.2 was the average in round five, so just the one a little under what the average was. Um, and then I was expecting two in round six and round seven staying true to the average and that's exactly what we saw i just missed in terms of who we had there uh deontay brown and, and trey smith you know brown i think from the weight standpoint trey smith with the medicals um and then jack anderson in round seven and, and matt farniak um you know round things out so numbers were, were pretty close there towards the end um unfortunately just didn't get the players right as much as i would have liked um, you move on to the center position and the centers, you know, that, that's, that's a position. Look, it's kind of been, been single digits. You have 41 over the last five years, just 8.2 as an average, um, nine centers taken in 2020, which was the highest since 2018 when we had 11. Um, when you fill in the other three years, seven apiece in 2016, 17 and 19, um, I actually had nine centers taken and there were eight. So pretty close overall. Um, you know, I actually had Miners penciled in as a center um, and had Kenyon Green as a guard, so they kind of cancel each other out there a little bit. Um, I was surprised that, uh, you know, Creed Humphrey um, wasn't the first center taken, um, but uh, I actually had him and, and Miners coming off the board. Um, ultimately, you had three. You had uh, Humphrey, Dickerson, and Myers. Um, I have Myers and Dickerson coming off the board in round three. Um, there was only the the one that came off the board, and that was Kenyon Green. Um, in round four, we had the one uh, Drew Dahlman, which I, I nailed. Um, you know, in terms of the one pick, I actually was thinking Michael Bennett would be the guy. He fell to round seven. Um, in round number five, um, nobody taken. I thought, you know, Drew Dahlman and, and Trey Hill, those would be the right value for them. Trey Hill comes off the board in round six. That's where I actually had Drake Jackson going. We know he was an undrafted free agent. Jimmy Morrissey nailed him in round seven, and then Michael Mennett as well. So at the end of the day, we had eight. Um, you know, I the only center that I didn't, you know, that I didn't get right in terms of being drafted was, was Drake Jackson. So not a bad haul overall there on the interior of the, of the line. Uh, did pretty well with the defensive ends as well. You know, um, when you look at this group, uh, average was 20.8. You had 104 tackle um, defensive ends taken over the last five years, 24 in 2020, and uh, ultimately uh, there were 24 yet again. I had 25 pegged in, and this is one where I was trying to kind of determine between uh, edge rusher, outside linebacker, and then defensive end. So it was kind of interesting how this whole dynamic played out. Um, you had 3.6 defensive ends taken. Um, I went with four. We had four. Um, you know, in Quiddy Pay, Jalen Phillips, Peyton Turner, and Gregory Rousseau. I had Peyton Turner coming off the board in round three, Rousseau in round two. Uh, the two defensive ends that I penciled in were actually Joe Tryon and uh, Jason or Odafe Owe. Um, they were actually pegged as outside linebackers given where they were going in the draft. Um, so end of the day, though, I got the numbers right there with four. 
I had four coming off the board in round number two with Basham, Osai, Perkins, and Rousseau. Ended up with only two. Um, you know, Deo Odengbo, um, I thought was going to fall to round three. He comes off the board in round two with Carlos Boogie Basham. Um, there were five in, uh, or I had five in, in round number um, round number three. And that was where Turner would come off the board. Uh, you know, Rashad Weaver, Cameron Sample, Odengbo, and Patrick Jones. Of those, only Patrick Jones was correct. And then you had Osai, uh, Chauncey Golston, and Ronnie Perkins come off the board. So I have five. Actual was four. And then it was flip-flop there in round number four. Um, I was expecting four. They had five come off the board. Uh, of the, the four that I had, Ellerson Smith actually projected as a, as a linebacker. Um, you know, Shaka Tony, um, um and, and Janarius Robinson. Only Robinson I got correct. Uh, Jordan Smith, they actually pegged in as a defensive end given where he was going off the board. Um, I had him as an outside linebacker. Uh, Cam Sample, Rashad Weaver, Joshua Kando. Big surprise there. I thought he was going to be a seventh rounder. In round five, had the had the number right, had three correct. You know, average was 2.6 over the last five years. So, you know, right in line with with uh, with the projection there. Dalen Hayes was the only one I got right because he had a Windeje, and then Ernest Brown the fourth, who I didn't even have. He was the only guy that I didn't actually have coming off the board um, at some point uh, in the draft. Wyatt Hubert, Chauncey Golson were the other guys there. Um, you know, ultimately that didn't happen. Hubert fall, fell to round number seven. Um, I pegged, you know, 1.6 in terms of, of round number six. Um, so Taron Jackson, Jonathan Cooper were the two guys that I pegged there. Ultimately, you had uh, Taron Jackson and Victor Demukaje uh, coming out of Duke. Um, and then in round seven, I had three uh, guys coming off the board there. 2.8 was the average. Actually, four guys. So you had Hubert, Cooper, Shaka Tony, and then Marquise Spencer, who I actually had pegged as a um, as a, a defensive tackle. Uh, and when I had him coming off the board, I actually had Spencer coming off the board in round six as a D tackle. Uh, but I did have uh, William Bradley King coming off the board in round seven as a defensive end, and they actually have him pegged as a as a linebacker. So. Um, ultimately, at the end of the day, got the numbers right um, or pretty close to accurate there overall at the defensive end position. Not so much on the names, but uh, you feel pretty good at least in terms of looking at the averages. You know, and some of that does actually ring true. Um, when you look at the defensive tackles, nailed this one right on the money. You know, 20 and 20. And it's interesting just looking at this and the, and the dynamic because you, know, you actually have um, an average of three defensive tackles taken in round one. This is the first time since 2017 where we didn't have one come off the board in round one. 21.8 was the average, 109 total tackles, uh, defensive tackles taken, 20. Um, you know, outside of 2020 where we had 18 taken, uh, that 20 is the lowest since 2014 where we had 19 come off the board. This wasn't a strong defensive tackle class. Um, I had three coming off the board in round two and Christian Barmore, Levi and Wuzurike. I got those two right. Davion Nixon fell all the way to round five. I was surprised at that. I was shocked. Uh, actually had five come off the board um, in round number three. We only saw three, but I got all three of those right in, in terms of Odigazua. Um, Aline McNeil and Milton Williams. I was expecting Bobby Brown to come off the board there. He and J2 Fele, they both came off the board in round four. I was expecting three. Um, the average, well, the average I should say in round number, uh, in round number two was 5.4 and we only had two. In round three, 4.4 and we only had three. 
So you know, when you look at that, the average there, you know, not all that impressive overall. So um, really something, you know, I'm sorry, it wasn't 5.4, it was 2.4, and then 4.4 there in round number three. Uh, round four, you get to 2.8, and we actually have four come off the board with Tufele, Bobby Brown, uh, Tyler Shelvin, and Tommy Togiai. Um, you know, these, that, that was where I had two guys come off the board. And these were the only two that I didn't get right. Um, you know, Darius Stills, Marvin Wilson were undrafted free agents. In round five, Isaiah Loudermill, Phil Hoskins in round seven were the guys that I also didn't have projected to get drafted. I actually did. Uh, you know, Taquan Graham and T.D. Slayton had them coming off the board in round five uh, with Tyler Shelvin. So I actually had three, uh, but it was Loudermilk and Nixon uh, with Graham and Slayton instead. Uh, 2.8 was the average in round number five, so we're a little bit higher than the average. And then same goes for round number round number six. You know, you had an average of 3.2. There were actually five that were taken. I only had three. I had Quinton Bohanna and, and Tui, uh, Marlon Tuipolotu and then Marquis Spencer, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, Roy Lopez out of Arizona was surprised that he got drafted, although um, you know a guy that uh, held down the middle of that defense there for U of A, uh, Jalen Twyman, you know disappointing, um, you know pro day after uh, not you know not playing in 2020. Hopefully he can return to that 2019 form when he had that 10 and a half sack season. Uh, Jonathan Marshall thought he would be a round seven guy. He comes off the board in round number six. And then in round seven, you're looking at 3.2 as an average. So I targeted about three with Marshall, uh, Togiai, and Kiaris Tonga. Ultimately, ended up being Tonga and Phil Hoskins. So when you add all those up, you have 20 and 20. So end of the day, I felt pretty good about myself there You know, when I looked at the averages overall. And uh, you know, in terms of the guys that I was identifying coming off the board, uh, not a bad job overall there as well. Linebacker position, you know, you have 171 linebackers total, 34.2 as an average. Um, and when you look at this group, um, you, twice, you know, we had 32 tackles taken. I'm sorry, left um, linebackers taken, 2017 and 2020. Um, the high mark was in 2018 with 37. So what we had was we actually had a total of 30, 17 inside backers and just 13 outside linebackers. So in round one, uh, when we look at the group, I actually had a total of five targeted, five total linebackers. Uh, 3.8 was the average. Uh, we have four in each of the last uh, last three years. I was actually expecting, you know, uh, Micah Parsons, Z uh, Xavier Collins, uh, I'm sorry, Zavin Collins and Jamin Davis. Got those guys right. Um, but I was expecting Aziz Ojolari and Jeremiah Wusukoromoa to come off the board. They weren't there, um, but you still have five. So I still got it right. Uh, at, at the end of the day, when you look at this, because you had, um, you know, Owe and, and Tryon who were also the outside linebackers taken there overall. So didn't do a bad job in terms of my, my projections there. Um, you know, I had 37 total linebackers taken and we only had 30. So this is really where I was way off uh, of valuing some of these guys. Um, you know, a lot of guys I was expecting to come off the board that just didn't happen. Um, Round two, we talked about JOK coming off the board there. Nick Bolton actually had him targeted there in round two. Pete Werner came off a round earlier than I was expecting. And then Ojulari a round later. Um, I actually had uh, Jabril Cox and Baron Browning. They came off the board later in the draft, which was a surprise to me because I thought that those are guys that you know are kind of those new age linebackers. They're athletic. They can cover. Um, so a bit of a surprise there. Um, you know, I had Werner, uh, uh, Chaz Surratt, uh, Dylan Moses, Chris Rumpf, 
Quincy Roche, Jordan Smith coming off the board in round number three. Uh, ultimately, we just had um, you know Surratt, Rice, Ernest Jones, who I thought was going to be a fifth rounder, um, you know Malcolm Koontz and, and Baron Browning come off the board there in round number three. Looking at 5.2, we ended up with uh, with five. Um, so right on target there. Uh, 4.4 was the average in round number five. Ended up having five there as well. Derek Barnes, Jabril Cox, Buddy Johnson, um, Ellerson Smith, and Chris Rumpf. I had five targeted. Uh, got Derek Brown, uh, I'm sorry, Derek Barnes right. Um, but uh, Koontz came off the board around earlier. Uh, Cam McGrone came off, off the board around later. And then missed on Snowden and, and Rashad. Uh, round six, I, I actually was expecting uh, Jacoby Stevens and Jonathan Cooper to be pegged as outside linebackers. Um, Stevens ended up being a safety, and Cooper they still had as a defensive end. Um, but I had them in round number five. Six overall for me. There were actually only four that came off the board, and that was uh, Tony Fields, uh, Garrett Wallow, KJ Britt, Cam McGrone. And round, I'm sorry, that's round five. Uh, 5.8 is your average in round number six. And so I targeted six, and we ended up only having three uh, in Nick Neiman, uh, Isaiah McDuffie, and Quincy Roche. Um, so, a bit of a surprise there. I had um, you know, Britt and uh, Ernest Jones, uh, obviously, guys that were taken much earlier. Uh, Fields, you know, around later than, than what he was actually, actually came off the board. He and Garrett Wallow both. Um, you know, and then I had Riley Cole coming off the board there. Uh, Darius Hodge, uh, Jamar Watson, Max Richardson, Maximilian Roberts. Had them all drafted in round seven because you're averaging six linebackers taken. Not expecting to see only four. Um, at, at the end of the day with it, you know, you had Patrick Johnson, uh, William Bradley King, who I had as a defensive end. Chris Garrett, I'm glad that he was drafted there out of Concordia. He's a guy who I think is going to end up being an edge rusher there for the Rams. And then Mr. Irrelevant Grant Stewart uh, actually got him right there uh, in round number seven. So pretty much pretty off there at the linebacker position. Same goes for the defensive backs. Um, I, I was a little off here with, with some of the projections overall. Um, when you look at the numbers, you know, I, I targeted about 34 corners and you're looking at about at 38 that were actually came off the board. Uh, safeties, I was targeting 18. There were actually 21. So, you know, 59 compared with with just 52 um, between the, the, the two positions. Average was a 50.8. So pretty close, um, you know, for where I was with the average. And it was actually much higher than that. That 59 total is the highest that we've had in the last five years. And um, you know, I think that's indicative of the way that the game is really changing. You know, pass happy league. Um, six total DBs in round one. Um, you know, that that's the average. We wound up with five. Um, so you have Patrick Sertan, uh, J.C. Horn, um, Caleb Farley, and uh, and Greg Newsom, and then Eric Stokes. No safeties taken. I was expecting uh, Merrick to come off the board there. Um, so I had four corners and, and a safety. We wound up with five corners when it was all said and done. Round two. This is the interesting one because you had eight DBs, five corners, three safeties in, in 2020. But then you look at it and you had 11 in 2019, 11 in 2017. And then in 2016 and 2018, you had seven apiece. So you're at an 8.8 .8 average. 
Um, so I projected a ton of guys. I, I really kind of took a, a shot here. And so I had 11 total. We wound up with, um, you know, and with that I had seven corners, three safeties, ended up with just three, sa three, uh, three corners and three safeties. And so the, the corners, you know, and I, ultimately I had Kelvin Joseph, Asante Samuel, and uh, Tyson Campbell coming off the board there. So I got those right. Merrick I had in round one. He ended up coming off the board in round two to the Raiders. Actually had him projected in my mock draft to the Raiders. Um, and then you have Richie Grant and Javon Holland, all three of those guys coming off the board there. Um, and then in round number three, you know, another one where, um, you know, you average about 7.2 defensive backs. I wound up going a little bit on the high end overall with this because, you know, I, I had, uh, let's see, I have four four corners and four safeties. Ended up with uh, eight corners and two safeties. I thought I was going on the higher end of things. And, and ultimately, uh, eight corners, you know, ultimately we had 10 DBs, which is the most since 2017. Uh, Aaron Robinson, uh, Nashawn Wright, I was expecting him to come off the board in round seven. Cowboys surprised me there. Eric Molden, I had him coming off the board in a round earlier. Same with, uh, you know, Melifon Wu. Ambry Thomas, I thought was a reach uh, for the, um, there in round number three. Should have been in round five, in my opinion. And then Brandon Stevens, a guy that I did not project uh, to be drafted. Uh, actually kind of forgot about him there at SMU. Um, he wound up, coming, wound up coming off the board there in round three. And then at the safety position, you had Andre Sisco, I thought was the second rounder, and then Divine Diablo. So I had actually projected four safeties, only two. Um, you know, I actually got Diablo right though. Uh, when you look at round number four, eight, you know, you, you're looking at, at that group. You had nine in 2019 and 2020 apiece, um, eight in 2018. The average over the last five years was eight. Um, and ultimately, when I looked at this group, I had five corners and three safeties. We had just six, we had six corners and just one safety. Um, didn't get any of the any of these guys right. Um, I was projecting, um, you know, Shamar Jean Charles. He came off the board around later. Uh, you know, Caden Stearns. He came off the board around later. Um, Nazar Radin, you know, a couple rounds later. Um, you know, Derek Forrest around later. So just a lot of guys that I was, you know, projecting a higher value to. And then you look at, you know, Darren Hall out of San, San Diego State. Didn't even have him on my on my list um, of, of draftable pros, prospects. Zach McPherson, I thought was going to be a guy I drafted later. Um, same with, uh, with Cameron Bynum. Robert Rochelle, thought he'd come off the board around earlier. Um, you know, um, and then... Uh, you know, Marvin Wilson and Trey Brown. Um, so interesting, you know, with the dynamic there. I actually left out a couple of guys in round three that I need to go back to. Benjamin St. Just um, and, and Paulson Adebo were the two other corners that were drafted. I mentioned there were a total of eight. Those are the two guys that I actually got right at the cornerback position. Um, Trey Brown and, and Marvin, um, I'm sorry, Marco Wilson in round four. Um, those were guys that I thought were going to be drafted much later. I think I had them pegged in uh, round five and six, respectively. Uh, they come off the board, though, in round number four. Tyree Gillespie, I surefire thought that he was going to be a third rounder. He ends up coming off the board in round four. Um, fifth round, 6.2 was the average. Had five a season ago, five in 2019, um, and then followed that up with, with eight in both 2017 and 2018. What was interesting was you had, I only had three 
corners and four safeties, you wound up with, I mean, what's crazy, seven corners and eight safeties, 15 targeted, DBs targeted in the fifth round. I mean, that's that's the most that we've had in the last five years. I mean, it's insane. Um, Sean Wade, Keith Taylor, Nate Hobbs out of Illinois, kind of a surprise that he was being targeted that high. Uh, Diamador Lenore, I thought was going to be a later round pick. Uh, Jason Pinnock, I actually had him coming off the board in round four. Uh, Shamar Jean Charles, uh, as I mentioned earlier, and then Avery Williams out of Boise State, thought he'd come off the board around later just because of that special team's ability. And then the safeties, Jamie and Sherwood, I actually forgot about him at Auburn. Um, I actually like that projection there at round number five. Uh, Caden Stearns, Michael Carter, Derek Forrest, Jamar Johnson, who I actually pegged in round number three, Sean Davis, Richard LeCount, I thought, you know, he looked slow. So I was surprised he came off the board in round five. I actually didn't even project him at all. And then uh, Talanoa Hufanga, who I actually got right. So I had Hufanga and, and Sean Davis correct out of that group. Um, I was just way off in terms of the numbers because if you just stuck to the averages, um, you know, seven was actually right on target because you're looking at a 6.2 average. You have 15. Way out of the blue there. Uh, a lot of guys really targeted. And some of the guys that I wasn't expecting to come off the board that actually did. Um, round six. Here's another interesting one. 8.4 was the average. You only saw five in, in 2020. You know, one corner, four safeties in round six. And uh, ultimately, I, I projected a little bit more. Um, you know, I projected um, eight corners and, uh, and a safety. I wound up, you know, it wound up happening. You had six corners and five safeties that actually came off the board, uh, which was insane. Uh, so that's where you saw Thomas Graham, who I actually had projected there in round number six, and Rashad Wild Goose out of Wisconsin. Um, but then you also had Brandon Eccles out of uh, Kentucky. Didn't th see him coming in terms of being drafted. Uh, Rodarius Williams, I actually had him valued a lot higher in round number three, so good value overall. Tay Gowan, I actually had him come off, coming off the board uh, earlier as well. Uh, and then Israel Mukawamu, who I targeted in that disastrous fourth round of mine. Um, he came off the board in round six, just a guy, he's, he's a stiffer corner, he's 6'4", you know, you worry about some of that size. Uh, Hamza Nazil Rudin, um, the, the safety, stiffness in his hips, I actually projected him as a fourth rounder. He comes off the board in round six, Joshua Bledsoe, I was around early on him. Damar Hamlin, I actually think Damar Hamlin is a darn good football player. I think that 4-6-40 dropped him there to round number six. Brady Breeze came off the board around earlier than I was expecting. And then I mentioned that Jacoby Stevens, I had pegged as a linebacker, uh, had him come off the board in round five. He's looking at a uh, possible safety there in round six, based on where he was where uh, he was drafted. And then round seven, you had 10 uh, DBs come off the board in, uh, in 2020. Six corners, four safeties, 6.2 average over the last five years. We wound up with... Um, you know, with uh, three safeties, and I'm sorry, three corners, two safeties. You know, I had the numbers right, didn't have the players correct. Um, but uh, yeah, Kerry Vincent, Trey Norwood, and Chris Wilcox, who I didn't have, um, didn't expect to see drafted. Uh, Mark Webb, uh, a safety, I uh, didn't see him getting drafted there out of Georgia. And then James Wiggins, I actually tried to project much sooner, expecting him, you know, look like he was all the way back with that 4-4-40 and the explosiveness that he showed in the jumps. Ultimately, a seventh round pick because of all the knee issues. Um, so when you look at it, Christian Uphoff, I was expecting him to come off the board. 
Um, you know, you had Trill Williams and Ardarius Washington, uh, Nick McLeod, Shakur Brown, Bryce Thompson. Ultimately, those were the guys that I had pegged to come off the board that ultimately did not come off the board. Um, so, end of the day with it, you know, with the DBs, you know, DBs and linebackers was really, those were the two position groups where I was way off. Uh, felt really good about a lot of the other positions overall. Pretty close um, when you stick to the averages. And so I, I think when you look at the DBs, that's kind of the direction that we're going in terms of uh, the, the, the new age NFL and the pass happy league. I was expecting to see more linebackers taken. That's why I projected 37, I ended up being only 30. And really that difference there, you put that into the defensive backs and that's really where you saw the, the increase in, uh, in numbers to account for that passing league. Um, if you look at the, the specialists, there were some other specialists that were taken. Um, forgot about the long snappers altogether. Thomas Fletcher, Cameron Cheeseman out of uh, Alabama and Michigan respectively coming off the board in round six. I was expecting three kickers to come off the board. Um, Evan McPherson in round five, who actually got that one right. Uh, and then Jose Borregales in round, round five, Keith Duncan in round seven. Borregales, we know, was an undrafted free agent pickup. Um, so just the one kicker selected out of the three that I was actually projecting. And then the punters, I actually projected four, and only one was picked up. Um, and that was Presley Harvin there in round number seven. Um, I was expecting Max Duffy, Zach Von Rosenberg, Drew Chrisman all to get a look there. Um, you know, four safety or four punters, that would have been the most since 2018. Um, in 2017, we didn't have any. So, um, you know, Presley Harvin as the lone punter uh, being selected, um, you know, that's the fewest since 2017. Uh, at the kicker position, um, this is another one where, you know, you've had double digit kickers off the board in each of the last four years. Uh, only had one kicker in 2016. That was Roberto Aguayo coming off the board in round number two. Um, you know, and when you look at, at Evan McPherson, you, know, you had Justin Warwasser came off the board in round five in 2020. Um, you know, had two kickers in 2019 and Matt Gay and Austin Siebert. Um, Darren you know, Carlson in 2018 in round five. Jake Elliott um, in 2017 also in round five. So you had kickers coming off the board. I was expecting two kickers to go off the board there. Ultimately didn't happen. You, know, you had four kickers actually drafted in round number seven over the last five years as well. Um, just didn't happen there. So end of the day, you know, a lot of those guys are still going to get a chance. I think, you know, Jose Borregales has a chance to end up um, unseating the incumbent there in Tampa Bay. Uh, Ryan Suckup when it's all said and done. Uh, the punters, you know, Zach Von Rosenberg, Max Duffy, Drew Chrisman, all can boot bombs. Um, you know, so there's a good chance that they can end up sticking with an NFL franchise when it's all said and done. So we covered all of our undrafted free agents. We've covered by the numbers. We've taken a look at all the draft picks. So the 2021 podcast series has officially come to an end. But we're going to throw one bonus podcast in. And it's going to be really just a, a quick look ahead to the 2022 NFL draft, the 2021 season. Who are the players to look at at each position? So episode 39 will be the final podcast of the 2021 podcast series. And that's really that look ahead to 2022. So stay tuned for one more podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed the ride to this point and uh, we'll go ahead and call it 
a podcast for now. We'll put the next one out here in the next couple of days. Stay tuned for that. And for readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Until next time, everyone, take care, and I am out of here.